I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. What's poppin' Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 92 of Five Yard College. It's been a little while, we can only apologise for that. Stuff has got in the way and between me and Ash we've had a busy couple of weeks but we've managed to carve out some time to get back in your ears. Ash, how you doing man? How was your weekend? How are you enjoying this sunny weather that we've got at the moment? Yeah, weekend was very good. Um, The weather's been lush, making the most of it. I'm sure we'll... uh... I'm sure we'll get some more rain soon. We had loads of thunderstorms in that week before last, I think. So definitely yeah. we're making the most of the weather this, this weekend. Apparently it's going to be hotter than Jamaica this weekend. So make wow. of that what you will. But that, yeah. that it sounds hot. I don't know whether it's Jamaica's cold period at the moment. <laughs> so we're being lulled in, but I don't know. I don't know. It's um, Ash and I have had this show in the pipework for about a week and a half now. So we did have a new segment. However... Because it is so far past when we prepped this dock, yeah. and we weren't sure where we were going to get to it. We have binned the news for today. So those of you that don't like to sit down at 6 o'clock or 10 o'clock and, and get the news inside you and keep up to date, this episode is most definitely for you. Ash, today we are diving into the top college players of 2023 that are draft eligible. Because obviously there's yes. players that are not going to be draft eligible that are pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, so we're we're covering off every position here. How many players do we have in total? Um, a lot. <laughs> I, 
I've done I've done all the key positions. Uh, I've done all yeah, all the key positions and and the top three of each. Um, I've put some notable players. We won't go into detail on those, but we will mention those players. And then this is essentially my top three at each position at the moment. Is is probably how we need to look at it. I, I, I think a lot of it will be in line with what other people think at the moment. But this is this is purely mine. So you'll hear some names in our notable players that you might go, well, how are they not in the top three? So that's just a, a quick disclaimer to start with. And also, I thought it's better that we focus on the 2023 draft eligible players for the time being, because as you said, if we did every single player, there would definitely be people, we, the people that we miss out on and, and we would be here for a very long time. So we'll, uh, we'll have a, a look ahead to next year's draft class, but players that are definitely going to contribute massively this year as well. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I actually don't have to apologise for this being your list. I mean, it is our podcast, so people are here to listen to you and me. It's not like we're CBS or anything like that. People True. aren't coming here for, for those takes. They're coming here for our witty banter and, and <laughs> English college football takes. So, And I respect your knowledge and judgement enough to have not changed this whatsoever. Uh, a, because, like I said, I respect you, and B, because I just didn't. So <laughs> I, I think... If, if I disagree strongly on top three, then I'll chime in. But yeah. again, it's mostly going to be once we get past the skill positions, it's pretty much going to be your knowledge compiling this list and me reading some names, really. Fair enough. Um, but it, this is a really good exercise before the season because I know for me that once the draft's out the way and we that takes up so much of a large portion of our knowledge base, especially if you go into watching the NFL or fantasy football, it's only the people coming into the draft that you watch at the end of the season. So some of the names we talk about today, you might have forgotten them because A, they got injured last year. B, they weren't really relevant, but they had a couple of guys ahead of them. Or C, they were on a different team. So the way it's, it's sort of flipped now, uh, I know that's definitely the fact for one of the running backs, is these guys are now people that are going to be relevant hugely for the draft eligibility side of it into the coming season. And it's good for us to get those names out of the way now because then we can focus on some other names, like you said, of next season and the seasons after eligibility. It's just a way of increasing your knowledge set of players in the college game, especially if you're new to it or a casual viewer, that we can, you know, we're not going to dive into Bryce Young's stats throughout his entire career. We're just going to be mentioning that Bryce Young is our number one quarterback if he wasn't what are you doing? Um, there's bound to be some some clickbait and some trope out there as to people who have CJ Stroud. Of, but we'll, we'll get into the quarterbacks in a minute. But what I'm trying to say is this is, for me, a good exercise in learning names before we get into the season so that you're not blindsided by someone turning up out of, out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... Um, well, we are going to start at the quarterback position because, yes. obviously, I just, I just mentioned it. We, Where else would you start as well, Alice? The most important position as far as the majority of people are concerned. Yeah, I think yeah, you are right. I think you, it would be remiss of us to go... What we should have done is started at the other end of the spectrum, though, Ash. Yeah, true. true. And, and gone through the names, because people are going to get through, especially if you're a fantasy player and you only want to know about the names coming through. Once you get past the offensive skill positions, you might just turn off, because I'm, we're hoping you don't, Rush Nation. But if you do, that is a shame. Yeah, 
we we started with the cream when we should have started with the like the the solid base of the dessert, as it were. <laughs> this analogy is getting way out of hand. Real early. Is, yeah. How are we going to do this then? What do you want to do? We've got three players and notable guys on the list. Yeah. How do you want to? How do you want to play this? So I think we should go three to one um, for the for each position, and then we'll mention the the notable players after we've done the done the the top three. Yeah. Okay. Would be the best way. Yeah, that's fine. Um, do you want to talk about each player in turn, or do you want to give our top three and, and why they're in that order? Uh, I think we should do each player in turn. So starting with uh, starting with the third, the third guy on the list, which I put him, I put him here mainly for for you, but I, at the same time, I do think it's probably a justified position. It's probably the most debated position in the in the quarterbacks at the moment you've obviously got the top two guys you've already mentioned and it should be very obvious um, but three at the moment for me is Tyler Van Dyke Miami who is entering his sophomore year um, the reason I've put Van Dyke here um, is although he is incredibly raw and we haven't seen a great deal of him. Obviously, last year is his, is the year is his first year of getting um, a decent amount of time um, on the field at Miami. What I have seen so far outweighs that that rawness that he brings. And obviously, that we've seen players that have gone into the, into the draft and into the NFL that have been described as as raw and and have and have realised that potential. I think with Van Dyke, you've got someone who already has a very strong arm, a very who is very accurate already. And he's only improving on his skills. He's also surprisingly athletic for his stature. He's 6'4, 224 pounds. So he's a bigger, he's a bigger guy. So you would expect him to be that sort of quarterback that sits in the pocket and and makes plays from the pocket. But he he ha- he is not afraid to leave that pocket and gain the yards himself if needs be, if he can't see anything open. As I've already mentioned, I think he's already got an NFL an NFL arm. He can make pretty much any throw up and down the field that, that you want him to. The, the issues I have at the moment is he is probably one of the most raw prospects, in, especially at the quarterback position that we'll be looking at this year. And he has shown, because of that, his inconsistency for Miami. That's something that he's going to need to improve this year for him to really cement that place as the third guy behind the other two. Because, as I say, it is a wide-open competition here for, for the third-best quarterback in this draft class. And and and, in, and probably, I'd, I'd even say, in college at the moment. I think you're right. I think what makes it very open is the fact that the top two guys are not necessarily light years ahead of everybody else, but we've seen them both play to the highest level in college football. Whereas, like you said, with Tyler Van Dyke and I think maybe one other player on the other notable players we'll get to. Apart from that, we know what the other the, the rest of the class is. You know, some of the notable names, yes, they're good college quarterbacks. Are they going to make it at the next level? Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, who are the top two, and they're probably everybody's top two in one or another order, they've definitely got what it takes to make it at the next level uh, from what we've seen so far on tape. Whereas Tyler Van Dyke, you've mentioned that he's raw, but he's shown pretty much everything that we want to see from our quarterbacks with that mobility and size, which, yes, his inconsistencies come from his rawness. Will he declare this year? Don't know. 
what another thing I'm not entirely sure about at the moment is obviously the uh, Mario Cristobal, right? The guy from Oregon comes down yeah. as the Miami head coach. Yes, he's uh, Miami's alma mater, but with the Oregon quarterbacks in the past, he hasn't necessarily been the quarterback guy. And I don't know whether he'll bring that professionalism and what we know from Oregon down to Miami, but is he going to somewhat sort of uh, shoehorn, not shoehorn, maybe that's the wrong word. Is he going to stifle Van Dyke's ability possibly because of how he plays football? I don't know. There's there's obviously good uh, pros and cons to having Cristobal there because of his elite coaching and his hiring and his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, where you go out and get prospects. Um, recruitment. Recruitment. But does is he necessarily the best guy for Tyler Van Dyke? I don't know. Is Tyler Van Dyke the best quarterback he's ever had? That's up for debate. We don't know yet. It, it. I think there's so many, so many factors into Tyler Van Dyke this year. But I think I would also have him at three, um, purely because I, you know, that I love the guy and yeah. he, he can't possibly be two or one. No, he can't be two or one. I think three is a fair place for him at the moment, and if he does well this year, and I'm hoping that he does, and I am expecting him to, because as I say, he's got all the metrics. He's got all of the the traits that you want from a, from an NFL quarterback. And, but he's going to have to do it with, let's be honest, a, I'd almost say a poor supporting cast in Miami. There's, there's maybe one weapon that you would be, that you would look at this team and go, yeah, I, I want him to be catching the ball. And that's Will Mallory, the, the tight end. But about, apart from that, the wide receivers are, are good wide receivers, but they're nothing great. They've got Frank, La Frank Ladsom, who is a transfer from Clemson, who didn't really get any time at Clemson last year. But if he does well this year, like he did last year, it's going to be off his own back. He 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 performed well in, in 2021. I think he threw for just under 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. To, again, without really... A, an outstanding um, supporting cast there. So he's got everything there ready to be a good quarterback at the next level. I'm just hoping he can iron out those, those issues, those inconsistencies, and that he's going to have a good coach at Cristobal I mean, Chris or the, or the offensive coordinator that's in Miami. Yeah. I, I think, Tyler Van Dyke is the perfect quarterback prospect for the NFL for a good team. He's the sort of guy who is going to go mid to late first round, I think, and fall on a team that is much better than your than what happened to Trevor Lawrence where you go to Jacksonville or somebody, one of these bad teams early on. I don't think he's going to go ahead. He's certainly not going to go ahead of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, and he's going to fall a little bit further, and we could see him end up somewhere where they're in desperate need of a quarterback in a year's time because somebody's moved on or and he goes right in and starts on a pretty good team. It could be, I don't know, I think he's got that feel about him for me, Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, definitely. So obviously we've got CJ Stroud. We might as well mention them together, Ash. We've got CJ Stroud at two and you yep. have Bryce Young as your number one. So yep. rightly so. I think he is. I think he is slightly more the complete package than CJ Stroud. Yeah, I think I've given it to Young because although they they are both good with their with their feet and with uh, on the move, um, Young just has that extra uh, extra mobility for me. I, I'd say he's bordering on elite mobility for a quarterback, and that's what gives him the number one spot at the moment for me. Um, 
on on Stroud's side again, much like Van Dyke, he's got the 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 size, the metrics that you want in a quarterback. Six three, two hundred and twenty pounds, I believe, just under two hundred, just under two hundred twenty pounds. And he's shown what he can do last year. Um, he's he's a leader on the field. He was a leader from the offset. He can make any throw across the whole field with with great accuracy. It's very rare that you see him not get the ball where where it needs to be. One thing I will say about him, and like we said about Van Dyke, he did have some inconsistency at times. Um, and again, he's he hasn't had a great deal of time. It's good that he was a starter and a solid starter last year, and he's going to be going into his second year at a, a top-tier team, despite the fact, obviously, they're not going to have Wilson and Alave. That is a, that is a, a negative I've got. I think replacing those two is going to be hard, despite what they've still got there at wide receiver. He has lost two really key weapons there, plus Rutka, the, the the tight end as well. But Stroud has got everything. It's it's so close between these two. But as I say, Young has just got it for me at the moment because of that, I'd say, elite level mobility, despite the fact he is relatively undersized for an NFL quarterback, six foot, 190 pounds. So he is on the smaller side. There is a, a slight worry about that at the next level when he's not got a, an elite leveled line in front of him. Obviously, he's going to be going one or two, let's be honest. He's going to not have the best team around him to start with. That is the only slight concern I have, his size. Um, and, and obviously, can he can he um, get over that at the next level against a when he's in a much weaker line, because obviously, let's be honest, Alabama are one of the top, if not the top team in the country, and they don't really come up against anyone that causes them too many issues. So it's a a small concern. We've seen undersized quarterbacks go on and, and, and achieve in the NFL, and I fully expect Young to. I would be very surprised if it doesn't finish as this. Bryce Young, number one overall, CJ Stark, number two overall, come the NFL draft uh, but as I say Young has got it for me just because of what he can do with his feet it just it's 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 right up there he's probably going to be one of the top mobile quarterbacks that we've seen come out of college in a long time he's he's up there with Lamar Lamar Jackson for me in that in that aspect not quite Lamar Jackson but he is definitely getting to that level when it comes to his mobility and then he's got the arm and the accuracy to back that up it's literally just his size is his only concern for me here's here's a question i know we've we've spent a long time on quarterbacks ash as we tend to do with all our topics (laughs) we we decide to do something quickly and it never happens but i think this is a fairly important question to ask obviously we've seen a few quarterbacks come out in the last few years who have been classed not last year because that was a weak class but certainly the year before with trevor lawrence how good is Bryce Young compared to the quarterbacks you've seen of, of of previous years? Because you get the teams like Jacksonville who, you know, I, I'm not digging at Jacksonville here. They are perennially around that number one spot. If, if say, they were at the number one spot again and Bryce Young was there. Yeah. They're yeah. sure. Are they going to trade out because they've got Trevor? And if so, what would, do you think, how good is Bryce Young? Would he attract a trade-up from not necessarily a team that needs a quarterback, but a team that can see him being the next Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, that sort of calibre where we know 
that they are elite quarterback prospects and they will bring I mean, although to be fair the Ravens traded back into 32 to get Lamar so it wasn't as if he was a I think they did right that sounds yeah yeah they did yeah um so are we going to see a team that perhaps doesn't need a quarterback right away or is willing to trade away their veterans a mid-veteran quarterback to come and get Bryce Young in a, in a really long-winded question how good is Bryce Young in compared to recent years uh, he's he's right there for me he 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 has everything barring the size to be one of the best we've seen in my opinion I think he it, this this gets thrown around a lot, and I and I'm and I'm going to put it out there. But I think he does have the potential and the ability to be a generational talent at quarterback. Uh, everything I've seen from him, I just can't see anything else other than that. He's he's won everything out there. He he's he, he puts it, he puts a show on every time he's on the field, and I would argue that anybody would pick him up, barring the teams that have already got that in place i i fully expect someone will want to go up and and get bryce young i would it it would not surprise me at all for for me bryce young last year it was his command presence and readability in the pocket which was just outstanding for a player who hasn't played a a full season last year was his first full season right yeah yeah i mean to watch bryce young in the pocket against the best teams in the sec you just—it was unbelievable the command and the presence and the awareness he had in the pocket is just—if he can produce that to a constant level or higher going forward, it's frightening. The guy is going to be commanding the ship from the wheel at all times and is in full control. It's even in the with cannons going off around him, he just seems unfazed. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, he's. It's going to take a lot for, like I say, it's going to take a lot for him not to, not to, not to be the number one quarterback in 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 this in this draft class. And and as I say, in my opinion, one of the best we've seen in in a in a long time. He's up there with Trevor Lawrence for me, easily. So the other notable players we've got, we've got Phil Jakovic from Boston College, Will Levis from Kentucky, Spencer Rattler. Who would have been number one on this list if you'd have come back last year? Yeah. Uh, Spencer Rattler of now South Carolina and Tanner McKee from Stan- Stanford. And finally, AR15 Anthony Richardson from Florida. Now, he would be the other guy for me who could possibly be at number three because mm-hmm. we've seen flashes of his brilliance. We've also seen him do some questionable things in, in his time at Florida. However, now he is the starter at Florida. He's got control of the Gators, and I think he's good enough to possibly push Tyler Van Dyke for number three yeah I think so he's got he's got the he's got the arm that you want and then he's got that athletic ability it, it's it's upper level at athletic ability especially for a guy his size so he he I agree with you he's pushing he's going to push that for me as will Will Levis he he's he got a lot of hype after the draft um and because of last year he transferred in um to Kentucky and and, and took a lot of people by surprise but I don't think it's I don't think it's a one-off I do think that Will Levis is is a is a is a good talent. He is he is raw like Van Dyke, but do not be surprised to see him have another solid year at Kentucky and be a first round conversation quarterback for the twenty twenty three draft. Which is so far away, it feels. I know. <laughs> I mean, we're we're what ninety days now till football, eighty something days till college football starts week zero, and 
we're already talking about the next year's draft. We almost do college football a disservice. Right, let's move to running back. At number three, we've got Zach Evans, TCU, and he's a junior. He is, yeah. So Zach Evans, I think he's been somewhat overlooked uh, last year. Uh, and for the whole build-up, really, there, there, is, there, is one, there is one guy that everyone's talking about, uh, unsurprisingly. But Zach Evans is a very talented um, running back. He's shown he's got good burst. He's, he's good in his directional change of direction. He's got quick feet. Um, he's also good in the passing game. He is able to track the ball in the air and bring it down while still creating that those yardage after he's caught the ball um he isn't the quickest he doesn't have that elite level speed and, and acceleration but he is quick he is good he is quick enough in a straight line um the some of the issues that i have and we see it more and more now in the college game uh, of coming through is he can be indecisive at the line of scrimmage we like to see the the hesitation. the 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 Le'Veon Bell is is the guy who obviously made it made it come to light that that waiting behind the line for the perfect hole and then and then shooting through it or escaping out on the edge. Zach Evans does it in a hesitant way, sometimes too long, and then it obviously the, the pocket collapses or he gets hit at behind the line of scrimmage. That is a slight concern that I've seen in his game. And he isn't very, he's not good at all in pass protection. So a free down role is unlikely for him at the next level, unless he really ups his game this year and, and massively improves on his pass protection. I do not see him being a free down running back at the next level, but he is, as I say, he's a solid receiver and he is a very good runner that is deceptively quick in a straight line without being explosively fast. I like that. Is uh, I, I don't. I think three here from our list is fair because the guy, two guys above him, I think offer slightly more, and it yeah. it is Zach Evans. Pass protection will get you in trouble in the NFL. That is the big slight on him. At two above him, we've got Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech transfer right now. Alabama's yes. lead back. <laughs> I mean. Could you transfer to a better place? No. <laughs> We've seen Alabama grind out these running backs left, right, and centre, and if they don't make them, they bring them in. Jameer Gibbs, I think he could be the top running back this season if he has a good year, just because yeah. of that move. Yeah, this is a this he, this is a perfect move for him and for Bama because this is one of the first years that I was looking at them and going, there isn't there isn't someone there that I, that, that that screams out, yes, they are a top level running back. They've got some mm. good guys. They had some good guys. Um, Jake, Jake, uh, sorry, Jace McClellan. Um, and they also had Trace Saunders. Um, but there is, there wasn't, there isn't, there wasn't a, a top level running back that we, use, that we expect to see at Bama. But J Jameer Gibbs has come in and he's going to be that. His game is very similar to Zach Evans, in my opinion, which is why I do think Zach Evans is being overlooked compared to Jameer Gibbs and obviously and, and a, a number one who is, is probably the standout number one. But everything I've just said about Zach Evans translates over to, to Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs does everything slightly better, but they are very similar in the way that they play. Jameer Gibbs is quick, but not explosively quick. He can't pass protect. He, he 
he's re- I think Bama will force that into him this year. Um, but it's not his game because he is a smaller back. He's he's quite lean for he's five eleven and he is two hundred pounds, but he he looks like a smaller back. Yeah. Um he's he's got a small frame and he just he doesn't have the the best strength. He is more of those, I'm going to make someone miss. I'm going to get through the hole. I'm going to cut around the side rather than I'm going to go through a defender. Um, but everything I've seen from him at Georgia Tech, and I mean, Georgia Tech have had a couple of good years, but they're not on that level of some of these other teams where these where these running backs are playing. And now Gibbs is going to show what you can do behind this Bama line with Bryce Young as his quarterback. It's... It's, it is the perfect move for him, and it is why he is currently sat at two, because he is so similar to Zach Evans for me, but he's got that Alabama extra onto him. Not just that he's playing for Bama, but that he's learning at Alabama, and we have seen yeah. what running backs come out of Alabama. Exactly. I think it is the perfect move for him, because I think he could improve his game and it, this sounds like an obvious statement, but the fact he's at Alabama and not Georgia Tech, I think he will improve his game to a higher standard if he does progress purely because he is at Alabama. And I know that sounds like a really simple thing to say, but when we're talking about skill sets and improving things coming into the draft, this is exactly the thing you want to see as an NFL scout that Jameer Gibbs has gone out and moved to a better team because he knows that there's a better prospect there for him to get better. Because as a running back, you need to be into the NFL as good as you're going to get because you only really get four to five years. It's very rare we see running backs go into that second contract and then be great through that second contract. So, yeah, it's it's the perfect move all round. At one then, Ash, we've got Bijan Robinson, Texas junior. Yeah. How, how good is Bijan Robinson? Why is he your number one? He is an elite level running back already, in my opinion. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the all the all of the points that you want from a running back. He's shown that in his freshman year, and then again in his second in his sophomore year last year. He he can do it all. He's he's quick, he's he's surprisingly quick for for a, a guy with his build because he is one of those bigger running backs, but he is surprisingly quick. He can he can play with he can play get the he can get the ball in the air he can bulldoze a defender he can make a defender miss um he just has absolutely everything you want from a running back and a a top level running back as at that I would as I say I think he is probably already an elite level running back wherever he lands he's gonna walk in he and he's gonna be the number one guy and he's going to be the number one guy in college, barring some absolute miracle or disaster, shall we say? Yeah. I mean, he came out of high school as well. He was a five-star recruit. He was already being touted as the next the, the next best thing as a running back. He has shown that in in his two years at, at, at Texas already, and he's got one more year here now. To, to continue to show that if he just he offers absolutely everything you want from a running back in all departments did he get injured last year or am i thinking of somebody else um he got i didn't he hurt his shoulder but did it but missed like one game and then came back i definitely think, let's have a look he missed because 
or am I thinking of somebody else? He, no, I... he did. He dislocated his. Sorry, he dislocated his elbow. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he 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 didn't. He got there. I know. I think I know what you're thinking about. There was one play where he got absolutely. I think he got like flipped up in the air or something like that, and it looked like he was like severely injured, and he was back like two games later. Okay. Um, but yeah, he so he did get hurt last year, but he he didn't miss hardly any game time. Uh, and as I say, it, whenever he touches the field, he dominates with the ball. It's it's very rare that you see him get shot out in a game, regardless of who 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 he comes up against. Yeah. He he is the clear cut number one on this list, and ah, easily, yeah, and rightly easily. so. We've got some other notable players who are good running backs in their own right, and just didn't make the top three. We've got Tank Bigsby from Auburn, has had an incredible couple of years. Obviously, this year is going to be hugely different for Auburn, and, and how Tank Bigsby is going to be a huge part of that because he's probably their best player, maybe at the moment, or if not one of their best players on offense. Um. Devon Kane, Texas A&M. Uh, did we have a conversation about how to pronounce his last name? I think we did a while back, yeah. It's like it's a Chan or something like that, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's one of those, yeah. Well, what, the Devon fella from A&M. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> is he freshman or sophomore? I think he's fairly... Or is he a tramp? I want to say... Uh, he's... No, he's a, he'll be a junior. He's, a, he's going... He's third year now. I'm clearly thinking of somebody else. Uh, Deuce Vaughan at Kansas State. I mean, yeah. he's an incredible running back. Who's Deuce Vaughan was close to being two for me. Him, Ooh. Gibbs, Evans, and I'd still say Tank Bigsby as well. That those four are all incredibly close in 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 the running back position. You, you, much like the argument that we had about the number three quarterback slot, I think two to six are all very close in my opinion for running backs at the moment there's some guys i haven't even mentioned on here that, that are also yeah. up there as well yeah i mean we've also got eric gray from oklahoma yeah and zach charbonnet from ucla is is eric gray the tennessee transfer did we decide that uh eric gray is the he is a transfer uh um, did he come from clemson no i think he did come from um, Tennessee. So he's definitely a transfer, but I can't remember. What I'm sure we've talked about him and looked him up, and he's in an orange. He was, Tennessee. Te- yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's he's transferred from Tennessee, but that that's the the, the little bit of unlo- un- unknown for me there with Eric Gray um, is is the fact he's at Oklahoma. He offers <laughs> he offers pretty much everything we've seen from from Gibbs and Evans, but just the fact that he's transferring over to Oklahoma, who are it's it it's 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 probably wrong to say in a transition because they're not, they are still a top tier program, but they've lost a lot of big people. And obviously their, their head coach. So it, it all depends on how he's used there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you say, there's loads of other players that could easily have made this notable players list, but yeah, definitely. Okay. Let's move to wide receiver. Uh, at three, we've got Jordan Addison and transfer to USC. It would, of course, there's going to be a USC player in here somewhere. And Jordan Addison's, <laughs> Jordan Addison, didn't you say you've got him as your number one wide receiver in this class, Ash, a little couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I did. When he when his transfer was announced, I, I said that he was it was incredibly close between the three, but Addison was my number one. I've gone back and looked at it, and I think one at the moment is just 
uh, one has to be there. And then two and Jordan Addison. It's so incredibly close. Uh, there may be a bit of favoritism that is one out the posi- the second position over <laughs> over Addison. Um, but that's no disrespect to, to Addison at all. I think he is, he could have, obviously he couldn't, obviously he wasn't eligible, but he could have gone into this draft class in 22 and be a starter day one. I think he is a, he's a top he's a top tier wide receiver and he would have prob well I think he would have been well in consideration for the number one wide receiver this year. The he's got elite athleticism, he's got deep 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 line speed. He makes pretty much every catch you want. Um he can cut and change direction on on a dime. He offers a combination of everything. The only slight issue I have with him, which people have proved it's not a great deal, it's not a massive problem at the next level, is he is smaller. He is a smaller framed wide receiver. He's six foot 175 pounds. But we've shown wide receivers at that size have shown they can they can um they can perform at the NFL. He is also quite he is also still very young. I think he's 20. Um was he 21? So yeah, he's he's still twenty at the moment, um, but he is so he is still young. He's still got time to improve, and obviously on this USC offense, USC offense, he's going to be the key man there, and he's going to have a lot of support and and a, and a, a top level quarterback behind him. Um, he he's only going to improve, and I think he, as I say, it's incredibly close between him and uh, him and number two for me. So in the initial opening statement, Ash, of your case here, we figured out who one, two, and three were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty quickly. Um, so at, at two, we've all clearly got Jackson Smith and Jigma, Ohio State yeah. junior. Uh, I think he's, you are right. I don't know if you are right. I think the fact that these three are incredibly good is, is one thing. Do I think they could be flipped? I don't. I don't know. I have been watching a little bit of tape, and I definitely have our number. Your number one is my number one now. Yeah. Um, and I've I've seen some some stats and some mock drafts and stuff where he he's going as high as fifth overall. So that for a wide receiver is is frighteningly high in a class this good. <laughs> um, but we, we, let's talk about. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, what we saw at the end of last season when he was, he just tore people apart. Even with the presence of uh, the two guys who got drafted, um, Chris Alave and Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. it it just showed. The, I mean, you only had to look at the bench that Ohio State were wielding out last year, their wide receiver bench, and you just thought five star, five star, four star, five star, and it continues along the same vein. Whereas now. Smith and Jigba is the number one guy. There isn't a Garrett Wilson or a Lave ahead of him, but he he showed last year that he didn't. It didn't matter if they were there as well, putting up historic numbers. He wanted to be part of the party, and this is good enough to be so. Yeah, I think it, it, Smith and Jigba is a, an I wouldn't say an anomaly, but he is a bit of a different sort of wide receiver because he has got the elite, exceptional technical abilities. He does everything in a wide receiver that you want him to do, but he doesn't have elite athletic 
an elite athletic profile. He's 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 quick, but he's not lightning quick. He's got good speed, I would say, more than he has um, elite level speed. Do you know? Do you know who he reminds me of? Not necessarily right now, but he the way I've watched him play last season and what I've seen of him, his play reminds me exactly of first year Juju Smith uh, yeah. Schuster in the NFL for that first year where he absolutely exploded for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. He, that's exactly how I see like my pro comp to him would be that year of, of Smith-Schuster. Yeah, it is. And that, and you hit it there. It's the explosive acceleration that he has. It's the get off yes. the line that makes him so good. And he is quick when he gets in a straight line. I'd say he's not the quickest, but he has good enough speed to add to that, to, to his size. And, I've got it as a negative and a positive. He is now the guy there. Obviously, he was out playing out the slot for most of his career because Alave and Wilson were there. He is now going to be that main outside threat for Ohio State. So it's going to be a massive year for him. I I, I don't have any... I, I fully believe he's going to be able to, to to back up what he's shown out of the slot. I have no concerns about that. But this is his year to show that he is the one of the best wide receivers in this draft class. One thing, um, obviously I mentioned about the speed, that he's he's not got the most athletic profile. There's concentration at times has been his downfall in games, but obviously not the Rose Bowl. We broke that record, 300, <laughs> what is it, 360 or 340 yards, yards receiving and three touchdowns. But he has shown at times over his career at Ohio that he – has drops in him and it's not because of his hands he's got great hands it's more his concentration I think lets him down that's something that he's going to need to improve on if he wants to be the number one wide receiver yeah I I think you pretty much nailed it on there Uh, and talking of the number one receiver we've got Keishon Boutte LSU yeah Um, I I, this is going to sound LSU pump out top tier receivers if we've seen the last few years. And it doesn't matter whether LSU are having a historic year like Joe Burrow did or a down year. Their receivers are elite. I don't know what they've got going on in the water down there. (laughs) Yeah, but it's crazy. And obviously, uh, he got injured last year, didn't he? Uh, Yes, he did. Yeah, Um, he missed... I think he was quite a bad injury, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was, yeah. So he had two he had two surgeries on his ankle, uh, which obviously meant he missed. He he got injured in October, so he missed a most of last season. Yeah, um, um, but he, I'm not going to say he's Jamal Chase because I think Jamal Chase is possibly going to be. The one of the best receivers for the next few years on, on a team that are going to use him correspondingly so. But Ke- I think Keishon Boutte has got everything that Jamal yeah. Chase can do. I think Boutte can do as well. I agree. I, I Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think he's easily the most athletic, athletically gifted player in this draft class. If not over the last few years, he has absolutely everything you want speed acceleration he's got the size was he he's six foot and two uh, 200 pounds but he's a big 200 pounds he's got uh he's, he's got that frame um and and then he's got the speed and acceleration and the 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 hands to to go alongside that and, and 
one of the best route running in this class as well. My literally my only concern with him is is how bad that injury was last year. It yeah. was a it was an injury that that saw him miss the whole year and have to have two surgeries on it. Obviously, we've seen people come back from worse and still perform, but it has to be something that people need to keep in the back of their mind. Are we going to see the Seam Boutte this year with that injury, or is he going to maybe take it easy and and wait his time for the for the draft? Well, it would be a very LSU move for him to follow in the footsteps of of Jamar Chase and taking it exactly. easy and heading up in the draft. But my the thing you everything you said about Keishon Butte was absolutely spot on. The thing I when I watch the tape of him, it is it's effortless. He doesn't yeah. he, he everything is smooth, everything is controlled. And it's effortless, but it is explosive effortless. He's not, he doesn't look lethargic or lazy with it. It's just honed. Everything he does is honed. And I think as a wide receiver prospect, he is top tier. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. He, could, he could go top five. I don't see how he can get much better either. Like, I, like he, his game like, is in, like, I think he is that good already. I can't see how he could be any better. I, I don't think he can improve to make his game better. No. I think the only way he could improve is through having an unbelievable year and increasing his draft stock through a good year. I think if you were going to draft a player on talent, he's as good as he's going to get. Oh, yeah. I, he, he, I, I would be shocked if he is not top five. I would be generally shocked that if he doesn't go top five. It's literally just the injury. That is my that is my only concern. I, I think every other aspect of his game is is almost flawless. Everyone has their issues. Like uh, on the tape that I've watched, on the rare, like sometimes he he can he can drop the ball, but and I think that's again, I think that's over concentration, like in Smith and Jigba. Yep. But it's absolutely minor. There is almost it's 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 it's, it's Probably not the best thing to say, but there just doesn't. There's there's not really anything wrong with his game at all. It's just this injury that concerns me. Well, let's see if Chip Kelly can draw out the best season of Keishon Butte because that is hugely possible. Hugely possible. Right, we've got some notable players we've got to get through. Ash Marvin yeah. Mims, Oklahoma, had a great year last year. is a is a really good receiver in his own right. Josh Downs, UNC. One of the only bright sparks for UNC last year is could have a superb year this year. Uh, I'm going to skip that guy because I'm coming back to him. Jermaine Burton, Alabama. He's not a name I'm hugely au fait with, Ash. Um, is that because of the names or is he a transfer? No, he is a transfer from Georgia. Uh, he he got okay. very little time at, at Georgia. Um, he came in at four-star recruit, highly anticipated and just didn't. Just didn't get the the chance at Georgia. Uh, you, I mean, the, the year they had last year, you can't really be surprised. But he's now he's now going to Alabama, and uh, is is already going to be stepping in as, as arguably the, the the number one wide out there. Yeah, Quinton Johnson from TCU is another name to watch out for. And the next two players, Ash, Talia Tungavailoa has got some weapons down at Maryland. Deontay Demas and Raheem Jarrett. If yeah. Tungavailoa has a bad year. He is not like his brother for the NFL, surely. <laughs> no, I, I know. Like it's 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 rare to see Maryland as a team that have got two 
top-level wide receivers. Rakeem Jarrett's been spoken about since his freshman year as one uh, when he eventually hits the draft being one of the top recruits. He's taken a slight downturn in the last couple of years, and I don't think it's for any fault of his own. Obviously, the 2020 impact that we that we saw him only play four games because of COVID didn't help. Last year, um, he played every game. I think he played all 13 games and 829 yards, but only five touchdowns. But again, it's the 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 quarterback has not been the best. Um, Tangavailoa for for my for Maryland has really got to step up, but. He's got the weapons here in Rakeem Jarrett and, and, and Dante Demas, definitely. And and they, they are equally as good as each other. I, I think it's probably a coin flip as to which one of these two is the better wide receiver at the moment. This year will probably be, probably dictate that. Yeah, plenty to watch out for for the Terrapins, that's for sure. Right, tight end, Ash. Quick yeah. question. Yeah. Our first notable player is Jaheel Billingsley. Is he still at Alabama or is he transferred? Uh, oh, I thought he was still at Alabama. Pretty, I'm pretty sure he is still there. No, 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 he's gone to Texas. <laughs> there we okay. go. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that changes anything, but uh, no, no, it doesn't change anything. It, uh, no, I just, I just, I'm sure I, re- I thought it was Texas, but I didn't want to say anything and make two errors if in fact he hadn't transferred and it wasn't Texas. But he had some deeds transferred. Yeah. Uh, At three, we've got another Alabama or the Alabama Titan now, Cameron Latu. Yes. So two and three were really difficult for me um, to to decide between um, for the tight end position for 2023. Um, Cameron Latu gets it for me. I think what he's shown in limited capacity at, at Alabama is the it gives it here for me because he is a, he is a good blocker as well i was looking through his stats he didn't give up any pressure or any sacks when he was being the blocker um as a tight end um i think he can move move the chains very well um with his in the passing game he is quick off the line he's good in traffic um in terms of the uh, capturing traffic and also being able to use his size to to stop defenders getting the ball away from him. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. Um, and, and as I say, he has the blocking game to add to what is it, it, good passing game for, for, for a guy that size. The only slight concerns for me here is the, um, is the, his movement, it, it, it is body movement. He, he isn't the most fluid of of movers when it comes to a tight end that we expect to see from a from a pass catch and tight end. I think possibly at the next level and and even this year we are going to see a a good pass catching red zone threat that can offer a decent amount in the blocking game. Um, but he needs to improve his overall movement for him to really reach that level of the next level. Yeah. So at two, you've got Sam Laporta from Iowa. Yeah. Why did he sneak Cam Latu? Because Iowa love their tight ends. <laughs> you always get good tight ends out of Iowa. It's just, it's just what, it's just what happens. Um, no, he's uh, 
he just on on paper and on tape, he's just got that little bit extra for me. Um, he's 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 quick off the off the snap. He's got good speed for a tight end, um, and for for his size, two four uh, six four two forty, nearly two fifty pounds. He tracks the ball very well. Um, you see him when he is the when he is in the in the middle on those quick slants and on the on the intermediate slants and and routes that he is he's tracking the ball. He's ready to move his body and to to adjust to those balls that are not necessarily where they're supposed to be going. Um, he's got good hands. He's got those hands. He doesn't need to bring the ball into his body to catch it. He he can catch it with his hands, which is something you love to see from. From um, from any receiver, whether it's a running back, wide receiver, or tight end, you, there's always a slight concern for players that need to bring it into their body. Um, um, Laporta doesn't doesn't do that. He catches he catches it out it, out out of his body. And as I say, he's he's quick off the snap. Um, he doesn't offer as much in the blocking game. He can block when called upon, but he is more of a a pass receiving tight end. Um, Again, it comes down to he's got decent size to be for a passing um, tight end, but he doesn't have that frame for a blocking one, a blocking tight end. But he can he can he can do it when called upon, and he did do it for an, a number of times for um, for Iowa over the last two years. Okay, at one we've yep. got Michael Mayer, Notre yep. Dame. It's one of their significantly best pass catches. Am I right? Yeah, easy number one in this in this uh, in this in this current group of tight ends. Obviously, we 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 don't know what's going to happen throughout the rest of the year, but as it stands at the moment, I think Michael Mayer is the is the clear number one tight end um, in this in this group and in in college in in general. In my opinion, I think he's the clear number one. Um, he his route running is incredibly polished and crisp for for a tight end. Um, and his size and speed makes him a nightmare to, for, for defenders to cover. I think he's too quick for linebackers and too big for, for secondaries. Um, he's got great hands in terms, whether it's in contested catches or open play. Um, he's got he's got good top level speed. He's not elite, and and that's that's unsurprising to, to that for any tight end to have elite level speed but he has got good top tier speed for a tight end and and he's 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 a great athlete all round his the way he positions himself on the line of scrimmage and and the initial impact and um the engagement that he makes with a defender he has that strength and hand placement and 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 cut speed to get away from a defender at the line uh, line of scrimmage and make himself open there isn't from a tight end prospect, there isn't much that concerns me here. He is a he is more a passing game weapon that again than a blocking game than a blocking tight end. But that is what we want now. That is what we see at the NFL level. The tight ends are in are being incorporated more and more into the passing game. That the the blocking work is a second factor. But but like the other two guys, he is. He is still good in the blocking game and 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 and, and performs admirably at that when called upon. Yeah, like you, you just hit the nail on the head when talking about the blocking game. We've seen it the last two draft years. The tight ends coming out are 
not considered blocking prospects if they are an offensive weapon. You seem to either get the pass catching tight end or the blocking tight end, and there isn't a. It's very rare now we get a prospect who can do can do both to an elite level. I mean, Kyle Pitts is considered one of the generational talents in the pass pass catching game of recent years, and you know there wasn't a knock on his blocking game, but he wasn't considered elite at it. Um, mm. Yeah. So. I think another, uh, just a, a final point that, that I missed on Michael Mayer that I've, I've got written down here is um, his ball protection when it comes to um, in in the passing game. Once he has collected the ball, he is already ready for that initial impact from a defender. The ball is in his body and, and protected to absorb. Uh, he's he's taken some massive hits in the in the middle of the field over over the last two years. And he rarely loses the ball. He incomplete or drops drops the ball. It's just a he's he's the most well-rounded tight end by quite a distance, in my opinion, in this draft class and and in in uh, in college at the moment. Other notable tight ends we've got uh, Quinn Ewers' latest weapon, Jalal Bing Billingsley, uh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah, Will Mallory from Miami. Austin Stogner from South Carolina and Eric Gilbert, Georgia. Now, the one guy I was going to mention there, Ash, is Eric Gilbert from Georgia because yeah. don't they have uh, a tight end? Isn't their tight end like one of these generational guys like a Kyle Pitts? Um, what's his name? Uh, they've got Dar- yeah, Darnell Washington. Um, no. Not no. Darnell Washington. That was no. the. Who was East. the guy who balled out in the Natty? Um, Brock. Um, uh, oh, uh, Brock Bowers, sorry. There yeah, Brock, Brock Bowers. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think that everything I, I've put him on tight, I've put Eric Gilbert on the tight end, but everything I'm seeing and hearing so far is that he is going to be predominantly used as a wide receiver uh, for Georgia. Um, that seems to be the way it's going for him. If he even steps on the field, obviously we've seen we've seen what he's what he's he's done for the last couple of years. So yeah. it remains to be seen. But yeah, you're right. I think Dar, Dar, uh, I I put him on here, but realistically, um, obviously Brock Bowers, if he was eligible, and and Darnell Washington uh, are their are their tight ends this year. Super, Ash. You've got about four and a half minutes to talk offensive line. Yeah, and um, then we're gonna we're gonna have to split it, aren't we? Because <laughs> it's, it's standard procedure. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest, it's probably a good thing because, as you say, defence always gets uh, left behind. So it having does. its own separate yeah. show, is, it is needs to be. Is. It needs to be showcased. Exactly. And there's no point in in shoehorning all these positions into an hour's worth of podcast when we've clearly got stuff to talk about. Yeah, so, exactly. We'd, let's finish the offence off. We're on to offensive line at three. You've got Jackson Kirkland from Washington. Jackson who's a tackle. tackle yes he is indeed and i thought he was going to come out this i thought he was coming out in 2020 too he decided to uh to obviously stick around for another year at washington i think it's probably going to be yeah. injuries are a concern um he's had he's had some injury issues including last year in the past so if he has a good healthy year at, at washington it's going to do him a, a world of favors he has added a bit more um, weight onto him this year to maybe counteract those injury issues that he's had. But he's a, he's a bit he's a big um, ty- um, 
offensive tackle. He's six seven, and he's I think he's going to be coming in at about three twenty, three hundred twenty pounds now. Mm. Um, the things I like about him, and that's put him at number three for me, um, is his versatility. He can play in both guard and tackle, and he is one of the best pass blocking um, linesmen in in college football at the moment. He gave, he's given up minimal sacks in his career. I think in his freshman year, he gave up one sack. In his sophomore year, one sack. He didn't give up a single. Obviously, it was only four games in 2020, but he didn't give up a sack. And then last year, um, he played in 10 games and he gave up three sacks, um, all from the left tackle. And I think he played a bit of time at right guard as a freshman, um, which is obviously back onto the versatility. Um but he is, as I say, one of the best pass blockers. He's got the versatility. And he also, in terms of his actual technical ability for a, for a tackle and for a guard, um, he's got his, his, his hand placement is top tier. He gets the hands underneath the, the um, defensive lineman, linesman's pads to, to move them. Those of you that have listened to us in the past when I've spoken about offensive linemen, is yeah, there we go. Stocks is doing it. There is is obviously not grabbing them, but using your palms and, and pushing up into their pads to, to sort of dictate how you move them. He he's brilliant at that. He's he's got quick hands. He's got good arm length to to dictate the movement of the defensive defensive lineman. And as I say, in the passing game, he's quick enough to be able to react to those edge rushers and get into position and, and not allow them to to beat them on the on the on the corner. That's just another reason to watch the video show, Rush Nation. Come see me <laughs> practice my offensive line hand replacement. Um, at two, you've got Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern. Pop quiz, yeah. Ash. Do you know Northwestern's nickname? Uh, I do not. What is their no, name? I don't know. That's why I've uh, asked. Because I was thinking the entire time, I'm thinking, what are Northwestern called? And Yeah, I have no idea. I, I have no idea what their nickname is. Northwestern Wildcats, Eagles. They are. I think you're right. I think they are the Wildcats. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Northwestern Wildcats. There we go. I knew it was in there. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, Peter Skronsky, tackle. um, I would say at the next level, he will be a tackle. He's played his freshman and his sophomore year as the left tackle for for, uh, Northwestern. For me, what gives him that ed- that added edge over uh, Jackson Kirkland at the moment um, is his athleticism. Um, he is quick to react to those quicker rushes, but at the same time, he's got that power to not be bullied by the bigger defensive tackles. He's quick on his feet um, and to, to place himself. He's quick out of his stance and, and with good footwork in the pocket and also in the screen game northwestern incorporate a lot of screen plays into their into their offense and um skronsky is is one of the best in, in terms of getting out and being ready in the screen game to uh, to make an impact and i think there is there is no real issues with his blocking technique at the moment the only slight concerns I have with him is his he has got slightly smaller arms, which at the next level could potentially impact him. Um, and he can be slightly too aggressive when it comes to engaging with a defender, which will then put him off balance and, and, and allow him to be moved. But 
it, it, it's minimal. I'd be very surprised if he is not the top tackle um, in the in the twenty three in the twenty three draft class. Ash, when you talk about small arms, are we talking about length? Yes, the length. Yes, yeah, okay. length. The length of his arms too, as as we mentioned earlier about engaging with the defender. Um, just that extra second that it might take for him to engage over a defensive lineman who will already be swatting and, and swiping at, at his arms. That just the 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 arm length can sometimes have it have a hindrance to a to a tackle on a guard. There we go. Just another knowledgeable tidbit from uh, our former lineman. And then finally, at number one, Paris Johnson Jr., a Buckeye shock. A Buckeye, yeah. Who's a guard. He is a guard. Uh, And I'm probably not alone here in saying that Paris Johnson's the best (laughs) offensive lineman in this draft class in 2023. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not... It's not an unbelievable draft class. There are some good talents. These three guys that I've spoken about and, and a few more, but it isn't that top tier that we've seen over the last few years, at least at the moment. Things could change in the next year, certainly, but it, it's not it's not a, the, the, the standout class that we, that, we, that we usually expect to see. The reason that Johnson is the number one for me, regardless of him being a t- whether it's tackle or guard, he is definitely a guard for Ohio and for me at the next level. He's predominantly played out of right guard, but he has taken some snaps at left guard as well. Um, he is very smart when it comes to reading the defense and and the the way they're lining up. But he is also an aggressive and a nasty player. He he loves the the impact and the the engagement with the defensive lineman, and um, he has got incredible athleticism for a guy his size six six three twenty pounds was a lot I believe he is. So he's tall. He's he's a taller guy for a for a um, for a guard. But he's got that athletic profile to back that up, especially in the pass protection. He gets out of his stance and into uh, into his stance incredibly quickly and well. And all of his fundamentals and his techniques are are on point almost every every snap. He has given up. I I, I, I think he might. I think he's given up one sack in three years or two years at, at um, Ohio, and, and and I think he's only given up one quarterback hit as well from 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 his position. So he is he's incredibly smart. And quite clearly, the top top um, guard and offensive lineman for me at the moment. That was a whole load of uh, homerisms right there. I think no, no, I, think, I yeah, no, no, <laughs> not, not, um, not not on this one. I've, he's, it's, I think he's 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 the most NFL ready as it stands right now for me in 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 the uh, in the offensive lineman. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. Last year, Zion Johnson was a tackle or a guard. Uh, Zion uh, tackle. Zion, um, sorry, Zion Johnson. Yeah, so guard. Sorry, I'm getting confused because no. I... The only reason I brought it up is because <laughs> one of our notable players is called Zion Nelson. He's yes. from Miami. There must That's... be something in the name Zion that makes a good offensive lineman. That's why you confused me because Zion Nelson's a tackle, and that's why, <laughs> and he's the first person on the notables. So I thought that's who we we're talking about. No, Zion Johnson was a guard. Zion, Zion Nelson in this year is a tackle, and he you is can... Go on. very. He's very close to um, 
Jackson Kirkland here for me. It was a toss up between those two as it stands at the moment for the for the for the number three. Okay, cool. Now you can tell we've gone past an hour. The tangents are coming thick and fast here, and just unnecessary information. Former running back, uh, Colorado running back Jared Patterson is re-entering and uh, is now. No, I'm joking. Jared Patterson, Notre Dame, uh, another top center. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the number one center. At the moment, is, is he me. as good as the center who was the top center who just went, whose name has completely vaporized from? Uh, no, Linda I Barnes? wouldn't say so. Linda Baum, uh, no, he's not as good as Linda Baum. He would have been number two in this draft class if he if he had entered. Okay, cool. Uh, then we've got Broderick Jones from Georgia, Layden Robinson from Texas A and M, and Emil Ikior Jr. from Alabama. Apologies, Emil, if I murdered your last name there. Uh, of that list, Ash, how close were any of those to getting in your top three, apart from obviously Zion Nelson, who you said had a chance? Yeah, Zion Nelson. Um, Broderick Jones for Georgia, for me, obviously, uh, unsurprisingly, had an exceptional year last year for Georgia, as did all of the Georgia players. Um, I think he's he's very close, uh, along with Nelson. You, you could, again, Jack... Kirkland, Nelson, and um, Jones. You could have a, a toss-up between who is behind Skronsky as the as the as the next best tackle. Um, for me, Kirkland's game overall is just that little bit better. I just want to see some more from um, Broderick Jones. But if if Georgia have another year like they did last year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in contention as the as the top tackle overall. Well, there we have it, Rush Nation. Ash and I have managed to split one show into two once again. That's the offensive side of the 2023 draft eligible players, top players from their positions covered off. Ash, we're going to have to come back in the defensive side of things. I'm pretty pleased about that because <laughs> I like defensive players and I think they deserve more, more kudos. I'm also going to try and move away from saying the skill position because I think every position is a skillful position, and I don't think the offensive players deserve all the merits, because playing corner is just as difficult and as skillful as playing wide receiver. Yeah, and I mean, arguably the top non-quarterback player is on the defensive side for, for next year as well. And maybe uh, even the best you, player in college. Listen, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't <laughs> have to ram that home. I'm, I'm fully sitting here. Hi, my name's Chris, and I've got a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to be back, Rush Nation, to do the defensive side of things. Ash and I have already penciled in a date to do the next podcast, which will now have to be pushed because of the impending defensive top players, but that is not a problem at all. Um, anything else? Any last notes ash we've missed off today's show no no i think we've uh we've covered everything pretty well on the offensive side at least anyway uh, yep no defensive player was harmed in the making of this production <laughs> uh if you are out in the sunshine this week rush nation don't forget to use your suntan lotion because it is going to be very hot and the uv rays will be high we don't want anybody getting burnt this close to summer keep skin safe it is vitally important if you're heading down to the pub enjoy yourselves i'm hugely jealous Ash, I know you will be doing both of those things, so enjoy your time out and about drinking the cans or whatever it is you are getting up to. Let me know how you're getting on. Rush Nation, until the end of the week when we're back with the defensive players and the best player in college football, Will Anderson, we will touch on him at the end of the week. Saturdays are for rushing too.
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.